Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. What a a.m. Yeah. And then everybody is running around like screaming with with um um energy even though it's like eight AM and I just woke up like And you don't have energy? Oh uh, I asked Peyton if she was gonna sing the song and she said that she said now and that was why. Because she doesn't have energy, I'm guessing. That's what you mean. Yeah. I could run like five miles um, because kids have. Like- Peyton's stepdad just moved the chair upstairs, and it sounded like the house farted. If anybody heard that, if anybody thought the house farted, it's true, right? It's totally not a chair it's getting moved. It's totally not a chair getting moved. It was a house fart. Yeah, there was this like weird spike plant that spiked. <gasps> she got spiked by a spike plant. And you want to give a shout out to somebody who's at camp this week with you? Brooklyn and the spike plant and it feels like a spider bite. Oh dang it, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Okay. I'm sorry. We'll look at it after this, okay? Okay. A series of unfortunate events, book the fourth, the miserable mill, which I don't think we said the miserable mill yesterday. Can you can you please move your foot out of my face? Thank you. Oh yeah. Chapter ten. Oh, okay, okay. Violet read the memo out loud to her siblings, and she didn't know who's... I think I'm allergic to reading tonight. And she didn't know whose reaction was more upsetting. As Sunny heard the bad news, she bit her lip in worry. What was it? Don't know yet. Oh, it was the letter that she, that she read. Remember it said... Oh, yeah. yeah. Her tooth was so sharp that tiny drops of blood dribbled down her chin, and this was certainly upsetting. But Klaus didn't seem to hear the memo at all. He just stared into space, and this was worrisome as well. Violet put the memo back into the envelope, sat on the bottom bunk, and wondered what in the world she could do. Bad news, Phil said sympathetically. You think? Remember some... Remember... Sometimes something might seem like bad news, but it could turn out to be a blessing in disguise. Violet tried to smile at Phil, but her smile muscles just stayed put. She knew, or she thought she knew anyways, because she was actually wrong, that the only thing in disguise was Count Olaf. We have to go see, sir, Violet said finally. We have to explain to him what had happened. You're not supposed to see, sir, without an appointment, Phil said. This is an emergency, Violet said. Come on, Sonny, come on. She looked at her brother, who looked back at his older sister with wide, wide eyes. Violet remembered the accident he had caused and all of the previous Baudelaire guardians who had been been destroyed. She could not imagine that Klaus would be capable of the sort of heinous murders or heinous murders that Count Olaf had committed, but she could not be sure. Not when, she, not when he was hypnotized. Dino, Sonny said. Klaus simply cannot go, Violet decided. Phil, will you please keep an eye on our brother while we go visit, sir? Of course, Phil said. 
a very close eye, she emphasized, leading Klaus to the Baudelaire bunk. He's, he's not been himself lately, and I'm sure you've noticed. Please make sure that he stays out of trouble. I will, I promise. Now, Klaus, Violet said, please get some sleep, and I hope that you feel better in the morning. Wub, Sunny said, which meant something along the lines of, I hope so too. Klaus lie on the bed, on the, on the bunk, and his sisters looked at his bare feet, which were filthy from walking around all day without any shoes on. Good night, Violet, Klaus said. Good night, Susan. Her name is Sunny, Violet said. I'm sorry, Klaus said. I'm just, I'm so exhausted. Good night, Susan. Good night, Victoria. I know. Do you really think I will feel better in the morning? If we're lucky, said Violet. Now, go to sleep. Klaus glanced at his older sister. Yes, sir, he said quietly. He shut his eyes and immediately fell asleep. The eldest, Baudelaire, tucked the blanket around her brother and took a long, worried glance at him. Then she took Sunny's hand with a smile to fill, walked back out of the dormitory across the courtyard to the offices. Inside, the two Baudelaire's walked past the mirror without even a glance at their reflections and knocked on the door. Come in! The children recognized the booming voice of Sir and nervously opened the door to the office. Sir was sitting at an enormous desk made of dark, dark wood, still smoking a cigar so his face could not be seen behind that cloud of smoke. Do you think it's one of um, Count Olaf's friends? No. The desk was covered with papers, folders, and there was a nameplate that read, The Boss, in letters of chewed-up gum. Ugh. Just like the lumber mill sign outside. It was difficult to see the rest of the room. I'm going to move this down. It was difficult to see the rest of the room because it, because there was only one tiny light in the room which sat on Sir's desk. Next to Sir stood Charles, who gave the children a shy smile as they walked up to their guardian. Do you have an appointment? Sir asked. No, Violet said, but it's very important that I talk to you. I'll decide what's important, Sir said. You see that nameplate? It says the boss, and that's who I am. It's very important when I say it's important. Understand? Uh, yes, sir, said Violet. But I think you'll agree with me when I explain what's been going on. I know what's been going on, Sir said. I'm the boss, of course I know. Didn't you get my memo about the accident? Violet took a deep breath and looked at Sir in in the eye, or at least the part of the cloud smoke where the eyes she thought would probably be. The accident, she said finally, happened because Klaus was hypnotized. What your brother does for a hobby is none of my concern, Sir said, and it doesn't excuse any accidents. You don't understand, sir, Violet said. Klaus was hypnotized by Dr. Orwell, who was in cahoots with Count Olaf. Oh, no, Charles said, you poor children. Sir, we have to put a stop to this. We are putting a stop to this, sir said. You children will cause no more accidents, and you'll be safely employed by the lumber mill. Otherwise, out you go. Sir, Charles said, you wouldn't throw out the children into the street. Of course not, said sir, as I explained in my memo. I met a very nice young lady who works as a receptionist. When I mentioned there were three children in my care, she said that if she 
if you were ever in trouble, she would take you because she's always wanted children of her own. Polsh, Sunny cried. That's Count Olaf, Violet cried. Do I look like an idiot to you, Sir asked, pointing to this, pointing to his cloud. I have to compete. I have a complete description of Count Olaf from Mr. Poe, and this receptionist looked nothing like him. She was a very nice lady. Do you look for the tattoo? Charles asked. Count Olaf has a tattoo on his ankle. Of course I didn't see the for- of course I didn't look for the tattoo, sir said impatiently. I it's not polite to look at women's legs, but she's not a woman, Violet bursted out. I mean, he's not a woman, he's Count Olaf. I saw her nameplate, sir said. It didn't say Count Olaf. It said Shirley. Ugh, Feedy, Sunny shrieked, which you already know meant that nameplates don't prove anything, of course. But Violet did not have to translate because sir was pounding his hand on his desk. Hypnotist, Count Olaf, Feedy, I've, had an- I've heard enough of your excuses, he yelled. Your job is to work hard at the lumber mill, not cause accidents. I am very busy without having to deal with clumsy children. Quickly, Violet thought of something else. Well, can we call Mr. Poe, she asked. He knows about Count Olaf, so perhaps he can be helpful. Violet did not add that Mr. Poe is not usually a very helpful person. You want to add the most? You want to add the cost of a long-distance phone call to the burden of caring for you, sir asked? I think not. Let me put you in the simplest way I can. If you screw up again, I will give you away to Shirley. Now, sir, Charles said, these children, these are children. You shouldn't talk to them this way. As you remember, I never thought it was a good idea for the Baudelaire's to work in the mill. They shouldn't be treated like, mem- they should be treated like members of the family. They are being treated like members of the family. My cousins live here in the dormitory, and I refuse to argue with you. Um, I refuse to argue with you. Charles, you're my partner. Your job is to iron my shirts and to cook my omelets and to not boss me around. You're right, of course, Charles said softly. I'm sorry. Now, get out of here, all of you, sir barked. I have lots of work to do. Sunny opened her mouth to say something, but she knew it would be useless. Violet thought of something else that she could point out, but she knew it would be worthless. The children started to raise their hand. And Charles started to raise his hand to make a point, but he knew it would be bootless, a word here which means useless and worthless. So Charles led the two Baudelaire's left to the dark office without another word and stood for a moment together in the hallway. Don't worry, Charles whispered. I'll help you. How? Violet whispered back. Will you call Mr. Poe and tell him Count Olaf is here? Ulo, Sunny asked, which meant you... Will you have Dr. Orwell arrested? Will you hide us from Shirley, Violet asked. Hennepool, Sunny asked, which meant, will you undo Klaus's hypnotism? No, Charles admitted, I can't do any of those things. Sir would get mad at me and we couldn't have that. But tomorrow, I will try and sneak you some raisins at lunchtime, okay? It was not okay, of course, not at all. Raisins are healthy, and they are, unexpe- and they are inexpensive, and some people may even find them delicious, but they are really considered helpful. In fact, raisins were one of the least helpful things Charles could offer if he really wanted to help, but Violet didn't answer him. She was looking down, down the hallway and thinking. Sunny didn't answer. 
It didn't answer him either because she was already crawling around towards the door in the library. The Baudelaire sisters had no time to talk with Charles. They had to figure out a plan and they had to figure out quickly. The Baudelaire orphans were in a very difficult situation and they needed every available moment to come up with something much, much more helpful than raisins. Are you sleep paper? And she's out.